In Barcelona, Spain, in 1929, the 18th FIFA Congress met to decide something of the utmost importance, where their first World Cup tournament would be held. Spain had put a bid in, along with four other European nations, but they were passed over by FIFA President Jules Rimet for Uruguay. On account of the potential multi-week ocean trip to attend, Spain and many other European countries decided not to participate. Though not as dominant as they had been in the early 1920s, the Spanish side still would have been a strong contender for the first World Cup. But missed opportunity would become the calling card for the Spanish national team. For half of their next 12 World Cups, the Spanish side would rank in the top six in the world, yet they only managed a top four finish one time. This would all change in 2010, when Spain would finally break through. After an opening loss to Switzerland, Spain would win the next six games in a row, including winning all of their knockout round games by the same score, one to nil. Two years later, they'd be the first team to ever win three straight major tournaments after the also first ever successful defense of their 2008 Euro title. But the winning streak ended with a thud in 2014, as the World Cup defense was over after two games, losses to the Netherlands and Chile by a combined six goals. In 2018, they're back in their usual position as a top-rated team heading into the World Cup. Which version of this team are we going to get? The one that achieves levels of greatness matched by no other country or the one with a decades-long record of blown opportunity? This week on Joe Picks a World Cup Team, Spain. States no football, but not football, it seems. So now he needs a surrogate. Dan will help him look for it. They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break. Joe picks a World Cup team. He's crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe picking passport. Grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Dan. You know, Spain is actually, I think, between America and Israel. Spain, well, and, and both America and Israel aren't in the World Cup. Spain is the only World Cup country that I theoretically am eligible for citizenship of. That's right. As a Mizrahi, as the as, the, the Jews were expelled from Spain at some point in their history, I'm not sure under which particular king that it was, was. It was. It was the Spanish Inquisition. It was 14 whatever 90s or whatever. And Spain, they want to make up for that. Yeah. So they said that any any um, Sephardic Jew could apply for citizenship, uh, and. One way to test for that is is based on your last name, 
they had other ways to prove it. And Mizrahi is like way up on the list and every possible spelling of it's way up on the list. The problem is it, it costs like, like four grand to do it, which is not like in the grand scheme of like getting a EU passport is actually a pretty darn good deal. But, um, you know, whatever. I mean, what is the advantage other than getting in that like shorter EU line when you travel to Europe? I think the advantage is, and this is just my very rudimentary understanding, is that if you go to an EU country as an American and you want to live there for a substantial amount of time, it is very, very hard to get a work visa. But if you have an EU passport, it's exceptionally easy to get a work visa. Now, Joe, seriously speaking, if you went to work in a EU country, (laughs) my sister, your wife, would kill you. Like... You, you, that is not a reasonable thing for you to do at your current. No, no, no. Situation. I mean, no. She would come. She would come with me. I'm not going to go by myself. The Dan. I mean, I mean, the serious point is like, it's a backup plan for for Trump. He's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. you know, look, look. I have a political job. You don't know. You don't know what happens. You know, like there are political prisoners, man. You got to I mean, be prepared. It seems like, well, first of all, if you're a political prisoner, I don't think they're going to let you leave to, to go. No. I mean, I mean, you're joking, but here's a serious point, though. Like, the, 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 the Ashkenazi Jews in America, your family, all of them, had one trait in common, which is they got out before shit got really bad. Right? Like, they were all the alarmists. They were all the people who were like, yeah, things seem really bad. I'm going to leave. And the ones who were like, oh, man, we're going to stick around a little while longer. Like, they're all dead. Now, while I respect what you're saying, and I, and I do appreciate the, the historical significance of it, I don't believe... I mean, when Doug Jones won the Alabama Senate seat, it's... It, I, I don't think Donald Trump wants to be president. I think when Donald Trump loses the presidency, he will happily go off into the sense of, like, Donald Trump is not a, like... Uh, he he's like an attention seeking megalomaniac. He's not actually a power seeking person. I think. But Donald Trump could be could be a precursor to a potentially uh, more more efficient fascist in America. Maybe. Like I, I think it's going to swing the other way. But totally. No, no. I, I I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying this is a predictive stance. In fact, I totally agree. It's it's unlikely. What I'm saying is that it's a precautionary. I think, look, you can keep that in mind. I'll, I will, uh, well, I'm just going to have to stick around. <laughs> <I'm> un- <laughs> look, I think the younger generation is with me. I think uh, we'll figure it out eventually. And look, as I've said in the last podcast, I am the, the, the greatest day for now. I mean, I, it might have changed since the last podcast. I, I was looking at some other famous people born there's actually wikipedia pages where you can see famous people born on your exact day and on the your exact date of birth there's like nobody worth mentioning it's it's what? just they literally the people born on your birthday december 14th 1981 they're nobodies there's like they're like a couple one of them actually is a a, a, a an english footballer but I've never, never heard of him. But I mean, like, I mean, we we already said it. Like, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the top five most famous people in the world, and he's like born on my birthday. There's no, there's nobody even close to that 
unlike any other day. So is it possible that um, I that 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 by virtue of this podcast, I am the most famous person born on my birthday? Well, no, because you don't have a Wikipedia page, or somebody else did. <laughs> but um, so I think there was actually I looked at it. So so uh, Superfan Tony. I mean, I don't want to. No. I don't want to blow up his spot, but Superfan Tony is is is, is a born one day before me. And I thought there was somebody like famous born on his birthday, but now that I'm looking, I can't find it. I mean. I would say that having a Wikipedia page about you is sort of not a great barometer because um, Superfam Tom still – I just looked it up. It's still up there. He has, he has a Wikipedia page um, about his, his prop comedy career, <laughs> which, which we made up about 10 years ago. But it's still, it's still live on there. Yeah. Well, whatever. Oh, here. I'm looking it up right now. On your birthday – there were four people that are notable enough to have Wikipedia pages. Thed Bjork, the Swedish race driver. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Jarvis, an American journalist. Johnny Jeter, not Derek Jeter. Johnny Jeter, an American wrestler. And Liam Lawrence, an Irish footballer. So, oh, and one more. Oh, my God. Oh, oh sorry. Thed Bjork was actually born in 1980. Not him. He doesn't count. But you've got Sean Markham, a baseball player, American baseball player. There you go. He pitched yeah. for the Blue Jays, the Brewers, the Mets, and the Indians. I think Sean Markham might be a little bit more famous than me, but that's the only one. ERA 3.93, 836 strikeouts in his career. Not bad, Joe. Not bad. You had 10-year you know, MLB career. I do have more Twitter followers than Sean Markham, but he's verified. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. well, well, Joe, do you have more than Cristiano Ronaldo? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. You know, look, I will say that like that like there's a certain level that you reach where, you know, there's there's two groups. There's the Sean Markhams of the world and then there's the me and the Cristiano Ronaldos. He has more than me, but like we are in that same category of like more than Sean Markhams. Well, I am in the less than both you and Sean Markham category, but Cristiano Ronaldo and I, we're we're birthday buddies. We're we're connected. It's closer than being blood buddies. You're, it, Dan, let me. We've experienced the world the same way. Let me ask you this, Dan. If um, you 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 dropped a pretty big bombshell in the last uh, podcast. I don't know if, if people listened to the full two and a half hours of it, but that you said, Dan, and I'm sure this is true that your dream. Your dream now is to own a bowling alley. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Have you have you thought of the names for your bowling alley? Have you named it yet in your mind? Uh well, it's so far away from being a reality. I have not I have not thought of the name yet. No. So 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 nothing nothing like nothing percolating at all. Well, things are percolating. Do you have any suggestions? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I do actually. Uh, but I think maybe this is something that we want to, you know, you know, put out to the fans on the, on the Reddit page. Um, but, but okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe you do like, um, 
I mean, I think with a bowling alley, I think you have to do a bowling pun. Don't you think? Well, the bowling alley right now is called Presidio Bowl because it's a bowling alley in the Presidio. That's, ter- that, that's, that's a terrible name. What's the name of your bowling team? We're the Straight Shooters. Oh, see, that's good. That's good. Straight Shooters could be a good bowling alley name. It also sounds a little bit like a gay bar, but that's fine. Um, wait, how does wait, wait, how does straight shooters sound like a gay bar? Because it's like ironic. No, it's the, it's the least. <laughs> I, I live in the Castro. None of the bars have ironic names like that. Okay, what about like? Okay, what if you do a a a bowling alley slash dry cleaners and call it strike while the iron's hot. I mean, if you're in in the bowling alley business, you don't want to be in the dry cleaning business, but no, it's come, come bowl a few frames, get your dry cleaning done. Come for the dry cleaning, stay for the bowling. I'm not going to lie. If I did own a bowling alley, I think I could innovate on it. And I have talked for actually many hours about this. Now that I like have a connection to ownership of this bowling alley, like if I owned a bowling alley, how I would actually take bowling into the 21st century. I don't think that's the angle I would take. But I do think that bowling... There are like there is an angle to take to to actually bring it to make it so people like want to go to bowling alleys that aren't like weird creeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, like what? Like, lay one idea on us. All right. Well, I I was thinking that bowling should be a a, a date. The, you pay a fixed fee. It's like a pre fee menu. You get your shoes. You get your lane for an hour, and it comes with two glasses of wine. And then, you know, whatever. If you want to order more drinks from the bar, that's fine. But it's like bowling should be a date spot. That should be like an act- a date activity. Boom. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know what also they could do? This is good. You could, you could, tell, you could tell them like what, um, what date it is. Like, is this a first date? Is this someone you've been dating for years and you're having like a date night with your wife or whatever? Uh, and the bowling alley, the lane could actually like, you know, through pin manipulation, whatever, you could have the pins like set up to some kind of like app system or whatever, could manipulate the score for like the perfect score for that date. Well, I, I think <laughs> you've lost me there, but... I am No no because if you're on a first date you don't want to like take take a you know a man or a woman on on this date with you and you know beat them by like by like 50, 50 points is it points in bowling pins, pins whatever pins. points pins. pins beat them by like 50 pins that would be why embarrassing not? why not it wouldn't because be embarrassing you're just bowling no one wants you're having to get a good their time. ass ki- no one wants to get their ass kicked on a first date well I think if the guy is is winning by too much or the or the girl is winning by too much and they feel that, the thing with bowling is you can always just throw in the gutter, like make it look good. Like pretend like, oh, I missed. Like bowling is the no, easiest you don't even, you thing don't even in the wanna, world. You don't even want to think about that though, Dan. You 
all you do is throw the ball, just, just, just drop the ball in the lane and the lane does the work for you. It will, it will manufacture the perfect score for your date. Okay. Well, you are talking, you're innovating on bowling far beyond anything. I'm, I'm too, I'm too set in my ways. I, I, I've purchased a bowling ball this week. I own my own ball. I have my own bowling locker. I'm, 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 I'm so far gone. When will you old school bowling alley owners get with the times? We won't. <laughs> of, of, of a predetermined scoring. I mean, we should really talk to people who suck at bowling, but the the thing is, we just want to be with people who are good. You know, we're, 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 we hang out with league bowlers. In the bowling alley, the currency is your bowling score. So, but that's where I, I do. Okay, let me, let me lay another, let me lay another, um, idea on you, Dan. And this is actually a really, this is a really strong idea. Also, before you get to the idea, I just want to note for all the people, listening to hear about spain a a, a team that has legitimate chances to win the world cup just fast forward 10 minutes okay 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 that sets us up we got 10 minutes now let me just lay one more idea on you dan okay so so what's what's like the downtime in the bowling alley I, i a lot i mean what do you mean by that like when is a bowling alley not not crowded? Oh, I, I'll, I'll tell you. We I, I came over the weekend to uh, to bowl to do a little practice bowling with my my good friend. There was nobody there. I mean, this bowling alley has twelve lanes. There were only two or three in use. I, there was a lot of downtime. Let me let me let me tell you when I know that there's no one at a bowling alley. People don't go to the bowling alley at like seven in the morning. You know where there's a shitload of people at seven in the morning? Dan, you there? Yeah. Who's at okay. seven in the morning? Oh, okay. There are a shitload of people at the gym trying to trying to get a little workout in before work. So here's the idea. During the off peak time, you have bowling workout combination. And the only difference, it's regular bowling, the only difference is you turn the ball return machine off so you go shag your own ball. You got to you, you you bowl, you got to run down, you got to get the ball, you got to bring it back, and then you got to do it again. And and here's the thing. I have a great tagline for you too. You say get rid of your spare tire. Perfect. It's perfect. It makes working out fun and you're you're making money at the it's bowling alley when people don't thing come. I've ever heard. It's so dumb. With, that's that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Is dumb. Yeah. Well, other than the, the other than uh... we are going to build a wall. Don't worry about it. That was. This is dumb. This is dumb. And hey, wait, uh, wait a minute. And who's going to pay for the wall? Yeah, that's dumb. That's really dumb. Um. I think you do have something there, though, with the idea of combining a workout. I will say bowling can be a workout. It, it, I think that's what's. I think that's why it is actually a really good first date, and I think bowling alleys sort of miss this opportunity. You go there, you have an activity, you have you know your glass of wine or your beer, complimentary, comes with the lane. The man 
he wants to like show off his strength. He picks up the really heavy ball. I think it's I think it's a slam dunk. Oh, you know, th- you know, that's another great idea about the workout bowling alley, is that you have trainers there who like are, are like, okay, you know, you know, Joe, last week you did it with the thirteen pound ball. Let's let's go for the fifteen pounder. I think you can do it. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I can do it. And then you're 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 you running up do and down it. the Joe, lane. My ball this week. I I I have a fifteen pound ball. That's a ball I own. Yeah. See. See. You're 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 at a very high level in your workout regimen. That's great, Joe. You're like twice as strong as me. You could easily. I mean, uh, the the rules actually prohibit you. You can't even go. You can't go higher than sixteen pounds. No. It's uh, that's why it's hard for me. I have I have small Trump like hands though. So I, it's hard for me to find a ball that that matches my strength. And I know. My, that's why you my, need well, my Joe, small hand. When you come, maybe if I'm getting the unlimited bowling, you should you should go to the bowling alley. You can use my ball, Joe. I wonder if the reason I'm in. No, I need a good workout while I'm down there. That's fine. I wonder if the reason our listenership isn't increasing is the fact that we purported to have an episode. But one of the World Cup favorites in Spain, and we've talked for 15 minutes about bowling crap. <laughs> Unedited, because we're not look, editing you, this podcast. Look, you can't drop a juicy detail about wanting to open a bowling alley and not expect it to be a topic of conversation. <laughs> I'm loving it. Joe, All right, we've Dan, let's talk to about the point. Spain. No, this podcast is now for us. It's not for the listener. <laughs> and, and you know what? Here's the, the, the message I say to the listener. Stop. Don't listen. Don't tell your friends. We don't care. The rest of this podcast from this point on. And, is going to be a self-indulgent piece of crap. No, Joe, I hope, you're, I hope you're in agreement. This is for us. This is for us. Absolutely. And, 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 Ab- and our, our, our super fans. I I I I am now hoping this is actually unenjoyable for most people. And yet, I'm so excited about this episode because Spain is such an exciting team. But before we can get into that, Joe, we've got to get into this email from. I have to I have to see who it's from. It's unedited, so this is I I, I feel bad. I shouldn't feel bad, though. Joe, Joe, just vamp for a little bit while, while I look this up. So the other great thing about working out at a bowling alley, I, I don't – now I don't have any nonsense to talk about. That's vamp. I, I vamp. Exhausted all my, I exhausted all my nonsense. No, vamp, Joe, a little bit. Um, you, know, you know, one thing, Dan, that I, that I didn't mention is – no, I can't think of anything. That's it. Okay, what about this? What about a – a liberal, um, a like very progressive, very like politically oriented bowling alley, and you call it the Lane Stream Media. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. The problem is you're no. cutting off. Well, in San Francisco, you'd be cutting off very little of your audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you just have like all the TVs instead of having like. We don't, you don't even show the scores on the TV. It's just Rachel Maddow all the time on a loop. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we, we've got a concept. We've got to, we've got to brainstorm it a little bit. But yeah. I, I, okay. Let's switch this email, which I thought was super fan, fan emeritus Bez, who sent a million things into this episode. 
but I wasn't sure, and now it is from him, because I thought, why is why would he be throwing shade at South Korea? Why would Superfan Bez be throwing shade at South Korea? I know we we all know Superfan Bez is a uh big Spain supporter. He's been waiting for this episode. He's Bez the Spaniard, absolutely. He He is so annoyed at this point. He's been listening to this episode and He's been listening to us talk about random bullshit and says, when are we going to get into Spain? Little does he know the next two hours are going to be about this unbelievable World Cup contender. But before he even gets into that, he's throwing shade at other World Cup, World Cup countries. A, a World Cup country that you might be visiting, Joe. He says, right then, I can't sit by and watch South Korea progressed without asking you to consider their biggest scandal in World Cup history. In your opening segment, you praised South Korea for reaching the semifinals in 2002 when they co-hosted the tournament. However, they got there. However, how they got there should go down as the greatest atrocity in history. Firstly, they beat Italy in a game where the referee allowed them to play dirty at the same time as harshly punished as any Italian tackle. The ref gave South Korea a dodgy penalty that was saved. Toti was wrongly sent off, and Italy had a goal wrongly ruled out. In the quarterfinal, things got worse as Korea beat my beloved Spain on penalties in a game when the Spanish had two legitimate goals ruled out amongst a number of other bizarre decisions that benefited the home nation. The integrity of the tournament was called into question across the footballing world. Both the Italians and Spanish press went mad. And a South Korean player had his contract canceled by his Italian team, Perugia. FIFA investigated the incident and the referee of the Italy game. And the referee of the Italy game was suspended. He quickly retired, but was later caught smuggling heroin into the USA. Jesus Christ. The rest of the investigation disappeared when Seb Blatter left FIFA. Please, as Bez says, to his deepest content, throw the South Koreans out. And he has sent many source material into this alleged conspiracy. Sorry, Bez, but no. South Korea is in. They're going to stay in. And now that I'm going to South Korea... You know, Dan, take whatever spreadsheet you have. Add five more points to South Korea. I mean, little, little does Bez know, you love cheating. I mean, yeah. if South Korea was actually cheating, you that's a, that's a lot. It makes me like them more. Absolutely. Yeah, Bez, you'll notice not being cheaters isn't a category because I definitely don't care about that. <laughs> I cheat at every game I play. I... Every, every fully, one sent, when when Beth sent me this email, I was like, "Joe is not gonna not gonna be on your like South Korea cheating." Is, in American football, when people point out that the Patriots cheat, the only reason it upsets me when I was a Charger fan was like, "Yeah, why don't the Chargers do that? Yeah, they should cheat more." Everybody should cheat. You should try to get every advantage you may. But but you know what? Let's Joe. Before you can cheat on the segments that I ask you, let's learn a little bit more about this country, this country that I've been to a few times. Let's learn more about Spain and what I like to call Homeland Handbook. 
the names of the people. A Spaniard. A group of Spaniards who are all Spanish. The languages. This is going to be rough to do in one take. Spanish is the official language of the whole country, but Catalan is the official language in Catalonia. Galatian is the official language in Galatia. Basque is the official language in Basque country. The religions, Roman Catholic, 68%. Atheist, 9%. Woo, that's a lot of atheists. Other, 2%. And non-believers, 18%. They don't even believe enough to be atheists. Capital city is, of course, Madrid. Joe, I did the order wrong last time, so I'll do it right this time. Joe, there are 32 countries in the World Cup. Where does Spain rank in the population? Okay, I think Spain's pretty big. Uh, Not as big as Mexico. Not as small as, like, whatever, Sweden or Denmark. Uh, do, 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 do. I think they're going to be solidly, I think they're, I think they're number 10. I don't, you're, you're right at the border of, of, of what is correct. So where's my, where's the bike bell? That's what I want. I think you get it right on the nose of the bike bell. You're not getting a me likey, but yes, they're 13th. Out of 32, I think you're within three. I think that counts. They're 13th out of the 32 countries in the World Cup. 46 million people. Spain is the 30th largest country in the world. So you're within three. You're barely correct. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But Joe, let's have some fun with the exports, Joe. Let's, I, I challenge you. What is the chief export of Spain? I mean, to be fair, I have zero idea of what it could be. Um, okay, let's see. What do we know about Spain? They have bullfights. They drink sangria, which we forgot to talk about. They... Well, that's on you. <laughs> Oh, it, uh, we'll, we'll do that next. <laughs> they drink sangria, which we forgot. Okay. They, uh... Joe. They love their soccer. Let's see. I've, no, okay. I've, I've drank a lot of margaritas. It's unedited. We, you, gotta, you gotta help us steer this ship. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna say it's... It's, it's, their, it's their famous um, rock quarries... I'm going to say it's it's granite and other rock. Ah, oh, Joe. You know the 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 really funny thing about Spain, especially in this doubleheader, is that the top 2 exports of Spain are exactly the same as the top 2 exports of Mexico. <laughs> I shit you not. The number one export of Spain is cars. 
And the number two export of Spain, which I would is a highlight in the exporting highlight, is fruits and vegetables. This literally they're exactly the same as Mexico. So, as we recall, Mexico was the top exporter in the world of tomatoes and avocados. Well, guess what? Spain is the biggest exporter of oranges and many other citrus fruits. They are the top export in the world of oranges and clementines. Spain accounts for 25% of all orange exports. And, Joe, Spain is also strong and growing in the exports of peaches, watermelons, lettuce, grapes, garlic, and, Joe, don't, don't, don't forget about plums. They also export plums. I mean, who can forget a Spanish plum? It is, if you actually look at the geography of countries, and, and think about them not in terms of, of, of country boundaries, but in terms of, like, production areas, yeah. it's very clear, like, Spain is the, as much as Mexico produces fruits and vegetables that get exported to the United States, Spain is the production center of so many fruits and vegetables for Europe consumption. So, but of course, much as much as Mexico produces so many cars for the United States, Spain has a very similar aspect where I think the chief export of France was actually airplanes. And I think a lot of the automotive aspects, obviously Germany is the chief exporter of cars in Europe, but Spain is second. So Spain, they, they, they have a lot of, uh, of factories and, and automotive manufacturing there as well. Yeah, I was trying to look at like the, um, the um, latitudinal line of Spain like compared to like the Western Hemisphere. And it's like... It's like Northern California, basically. Oregon a little bit, too. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about it in the earlier episode, but, but Spain exports the most wine in the world. Uh, but yeah. it, it's just not as valuable as, you know. No, but it makes wine. sense that, like, Spain, Italy, and then Northern California, Oregon, Washington would be like, I mean, they're just the wine-producing regions. Yeah. I mean, Spain, um, Spain's just big. and they, they, They're in a really nice area to to grow stuff, but... It's not, it's not it's not the premium stuff for So Dan So Dan what are we drinking? Oh shit. Oh no, that my my cursing is in. We're going to have to put the explicit rating. So Sean says Sangria is a red wine punch that is most famous and maybe the most popular drink in Spain. There are hundreds of regional recipes available. It's pretty hard to not make this refreshing and delicious. Visiting Spain is always a great trip. Everything shuts down mid-afternoon, and the entire families, including kids, will be out to dinner well after midnight on weekdays. They know what they are doing. And now, for the first of many sections, Bez the Spaniard has his own take. And Bez says, Don't know what you are drinking, but... I have forsaken the San Miguel, Jerez, <laughs> Sherry, and Cava 
and we'll be drinking sangria whilst listening to this episode. <laughs> Salute. Bez. Bez gets it right. Okay. I can't believe uh, we've ruined this entire episode for Bez with our, like, nonsense. This is exactly what Bez signed up for. He knows. He knew, he knew what he was in for. Dan, are you drinking sangria? Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you want the long answer or the short answer? The short answer is no. Okay. The, that will suffice. Uh, uh, well, well, I'm not either because I didn't, I didn't want to make or buy like whatever store prepackaged sangria. But what I did do, Dan, is your sister had opened up a bottle of wine earlier. So I'm drinking some red wine and I put a grape in it. But we've all had sangria. We know what sangria tastes like. I, I yeah, that, that was my feeling as well. Like I, and all the time I spend in Spain, I would almost, almost exclusively order sangria. And sangria is, is a better drink that's like made in bulk. Like it's, it's, you can't make like a single person serving of sangria. Like sangria, and to make is it made- right, you should like it should be like sitting around for a while. Like, yeah, it's not supposed yeah. to be something that you just like. It's not a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But but I, I've had sangria, and of course I don't make the ratings. But you've had sangria, so 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 rate it for sangria. Not yeah, we'll do that at the end. Yeah, we'll do that at the end. I'm gonna enjoy my wine with a grape in it. Dan, uh, we should talk about the team. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Qualification. This episode is just, this is for Bez. <laughs> Please. Everyone else turn it off. Bez, Bez, this is for you. Stop buddy. listening. So, Joe, as I talked about in the World Cup history, I mean, there's, there's nothing more I can add to the World Cup history that I didn't already say. This is a team that has been, and, and I, I went deep into this. I went deep into the ELO team ratings through throughout history, and, and Spain... Yes has almost exclusively been a top 10 team, though they, 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 um, they weren't in, I, I don't know, the 40s, 50s, 60s. I, I don't remember the exact dates, but they, they did have a few decades of, of tailing off. But even from the 1920s, when when the, the World Cup started, all the way, and, and uh, Spain was a founding member of FIFA, which was uh, seven European uh, countries or, or I, I don't know the exact details, but Spain was part of it. Up until uh, the modern era where they really... I, I mean, Spain has had really great teams that have disappointed, but in, obviously, uh, 2010, they were, you know, they were brilliant. It, it was it was an unbelievable performance. I mean, they, they, they won with the, the lowest goal positive goal di- differential of any World Cup team, tying with uh, some previous winner, because they won every knockout game 1-0, which is kind of, like, amazing and kind of terrible, but there's nothing to say. I mean, they, they backed it up in in the Euros, in, in, you know, both before and after the World Cup, but it's in the intro. They had a terrible... 2014 World Cup, uh, a, a very embarrassing performance. I think this is what you see when a, a team is over the hill, but they regrouped. And so they come to qualifying with their arch rival, Italy, Albania, country you've been to many times, Israel, Macedonia, and Liechtenstein. And what do they do? They demolish the group. They finish with nine wins and one draw. Their lone draw is a 
1-1 draw against Italy in Italy. Otherwise, it's an absolute demolition. <laughs> they finish 36 goals for three goals against, including <laughs> including two. I mean, but this is where it gets unfair. They have, in Liechtenstein, they have two 8-0 victories. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they just pound Liechtenstein. And I thought, oh, 36 goals for their side. Like, that's got to be best in Europe. But they're actually not even in the top two. So, so <laughs> I mean, th- I think this is what happens in these European groups is you do get these um, very unbalanced groups. I think to them, uh, for for Spain, the, 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 the team in their group that, that would balance their, their group, the, the thing that would compete with them was Italy and... Italy, you know, finished second in the group, but uh, far behind Spain. Spain easily handled Italy, you know, with the 1-1 draw. And I, I believe they're uh, in Spain. They beat Italy 3-0. They just had no trouble qualifying. An easy uh, slam through qualifying. No no problem. And so let's talk about the group. So we've, we've already talked about this group before, of course, as we've talked about every group. But Group B. And this is what 538 says, are projected to be the strongest in the tournament. Will be headlined by an early game between rivals Portugal and Spain, which will face off just for the second time at a World Cup. The Iberian Peninsula uh, neighbors met for the first time in 2010 when Spain just won 1-0. And of course, who else is there but their other border, other neighbor Morocco, who's there, and then... The other team is going to be one of our speed teams in Iran. So this is really the Iberian Peninsula and their neighbors. So we've got Spain, Portugal, Morocco, and Iran. Spain is the favorite. They're about 60% favorite to win the group. Uh, about 80, between 85, 90% to advance. And, and let's just get to the overall odds for Spain. Let's say 89% chance to advance from the group. 65% chance to make it through the quarters, 43% chance for the semis, 26% chance to make the final, and 11% to win, which puts their overall odds at winning the World Cup at 7-1, to which is tied for third best of any country we've done so far, and, and any country overall. You know, you know, Iran is really the odd man out in that group, aren't they? Poor Iran. Uh, this is this is a tough group for Iran. Although I, I, Iran is happy that they got Morocco, but yeah, this is. I think we talked about it with um, Portugal. This is a group where they're just two clear favorites and uh, two two teams that have very little chance of of doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about the thing about Spain is most of my um, when I think about the Spanish team, I think most about that that um, that 2010 World Cup team and then the 2012 Euro team, um, which were obviously very strong sides, but like fairly um, boring style of play. You passed a lot. You don't like the. It wasn't, yeah, and you think about like then like the Germans in 2014 are are 
are winning it with this like very aggressive forward playing style of play with all these young players who are super speedy and whatever. And, and even, even that, I mean, that final with Argentina, like, I mean, like it, it, it was a much more exciting style of play, much more, um, you know, dare I say Tottenham Hotspur esque style of play, ah. uh, you know, where, where, where Spain, they, they just, they're, they have a certain style. Now, I will profess that, like, I am not. I, I didn't watch any of Spain's qualifying games. They're obviously a different team with a whole different batch of players, so that might not be the case with this current squad. So I don't know. But like, that's what I at least think about with the Spanish style of play, which is not my favorite style of play. And, and yeah, I, I think the and, old style is dead. I I I, I don't know yeah. what style they're playing, but we'll hear Bez talk about it when he. Uh, he, he highlights certain categories, but if I had to say, based on what I'm seeing, what, what he says, I mean, the old Tiki Taka is dead. Like, that, that that's, that's a, a bygone era. That's not happening anymore. I think it, it is an entirely new style with uh, with a lot of younger players. And Yeah, I mean, and, and that makes sense, because even, even in qualification, I guarantee that that 2010 team wasn't beating anyone 8-0, because they weren't going to take eight shots all game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you look at the World Cup— they they won the World Cup and their their final goal differential was plus six. I mean that's insane. Like they they won. Yeah, that is insane. Every game one nil. I mean they won every knockout game one nil. And I, I that's a team that finished their qualifying games plus thirty three goal differential. Like they obviously are playing a different style. I mean I would say that Spain is almost certainly too good. Um, however. Because they, because of their, they had such a bad performance in the last World Cup. There would be an interesting storyline of like the Spanish comeback. Um, so you know, it's not it's not as bad as it would be based on just their quality and I think the expectation for them going into the World Cup. So I'm going to say they're a little too good, but not so bad. Six and a half out of ten. What's next, Joe? Category nine, Dan. Ooh. Right into to Bez's uh, stronghold. He doesn't even need to give supplementary information because this is his. From Superfan yeah, we're Bez going straight to the source Superfan here. Ryan. <laughs> Superfan Bez is waxing poetic here. <laughs> Located at the crossroads of the Atlantic and the Mediterranean. Europe. Oh damn! This could have been your intro. Why you didn't have to write one? You're right. I should have just taken. That. I should get the super fans to write it for me. Europe and Africa, Spain's history and culture are made up of a rich mix of diverse elements. Through exploration and conquest, Spain became a world power in the 16th century, and it maintained a vast overseas empire until the early 19th century. Spain's modern history is marked by the bitterly fought Spanish Civil War of 1936-1939 and the the ensuing 36-year dictatorship of General Francisco Franco. After Franco's death in 1975, Spain made the transition to a democratic state and built a successful economy with King Juan Carlos as the head of state. The Constitution of 1978 enshrines respect for linguistic and cultural differences and cultural diversity within a united Spain. The country is divided into 17 regions, 
which all have their own directly elected authorities. The form of government in Spain is a parliamentary monarchy, in which the monarch is a head of state, while the prime minister is the head of government. Legislative power is vested in the Cortes Generales, the general courts, a bicameral parliament constituted by the Congress of Deputies and the Senate. And the, yes! As elections use proportional representation, Spain often sees hung parliaments which lead to negotiations and lengthy stalemates. Spain's parliament in October 2016 voted to allow conservative leader Mariano Rajoy to lead a minority government after a 10-month political deadlock following two inconclusive elections. He first became premier after conservative PP won a resounding victory in parliamentary elections in 2011. The election campaign was dominated by Spain's deep debt crisis and sky-high unemployment, and the governing socialist defeat was widely expected. Mr. Rajoy, who has long been known as a cautious public administrator, warned the Spanish people that there is no miracle cure to restore the country to economic health. This message was opposed by the left-wing parties, including the communists, that had been in power previously. Ultimately, it was the new moderate Cuidandandos Citizens Party that brokered a deal to avoid yet another election. Spain is currently undergoing a constitutional crisis following the move for independence by Catalonia. The region held an illegal referendum which led to police violence on the streets. The Spain vs. Catalonia debate even spills into football where fans boo Barcelona's center back Gerard Piquet whenever he plays for Spain as the player openly supports an independent Catalonia. I was actually in Spain, in Barcelona, when these these were happening, when, when the protests were happening. People had banners, people had all sorts of stuff. It was quite a sight to see. So, Dan, I mean, where do you land on the Catalonia debate? Are you pro-Catalonian independence or are you... Uh... After researching it, I think I'm pro their independence. I mean, as the closest person on this podcast to a Spanish citizen, I have to completely agree. I am also pro. Um, but I do wonder, I mean, we saw with like, you know, when Germany was split in half, like, you know, I mean, West Germany did great, but like they could have been even better had they been one Germany. Like what would, what would splitting, it's not really in half, but what would splitting off Catalonia, what would that do to this, this like great world cup country? It would, it would, it would absolutely be bad for their, their world cup team. I mean, well. But look, this is a World Cup team that's underperformed for for hundred years. So I I don't think there's there's too much to to cling on to. But but yeah, I wonder if a World Cup victory could 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 unite the country. I mean, I was there after the World Cup victory, and they were definitely not united. <laughs> I mean, I it is weird because they were. It is just. It is interesting how America was sort of taken over by settlers who just came there with the with the, the, the power and might of the American government and just it just took over things. Whereas, you know, when I went to these museums in, you know, Barcelona and you you learned they the the Spanish king basically would, would like establish sovereignty over a place and said you can't speak 
kettle on. You have to speak Spanish. You have to, but 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 people would continue to to speak and would can you continue to have their what they felt was their culture. And I think it, it to me it, it seemed very similar to the the Jews who who wanted to continue practicing their religion, but it was banned by the state. And it was like you you weren't allowed to speak. You had to. In the United Spain, you had to speak Spanish. You could not speak Catalan, and um, but they continued to speak it, and they—they they, it was like a very underground thing, and you know, based on based on the the demographics of Spain, if they were to become an independent state, it actually wouldn't like ruin Spain. It, it's not like all of the money making regions are there. Uh, it. It, they're just um, they're part of it. I mean, it, it obviously would make Spain but less powerful. Under your theory, as a under your theory that you talked about in this, in, you know, the Serbia podcast is like these countries. If they want independence, like if these regions, like countries should be like, yeah, go, whatever, right? I mean, that was your that was your whole theory. Well, I mean, that's why I'm supporting their independence movement. I and I think I, I agree. I think Spain should just should just say. It's not violent, but it was, I mean, the people who live there clearly have their own culture, they have their own language, they want to be an independent state. I just don't understand why, I mean, I understand why a country clings to it in the same way that I understand why the United States would, if if California try to become independent, I understand why the United States would, would, would want California to be part of it. And I think that's actually an, an, an apt metaphor because I think California's significance to the United States is probably similar to the Catalonia region's significance to Spain. And no country wants to lose something of that significance. But, like, man, it's, at, at some point you, like, you, you got to let it go. And- yeah, it's like a. It should be like an amicable breakup, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I have to talk about the head of state still. Oh yeah, let's hear about King it. Felipe oh, Juan Pablo Alfonso de Todos Los Santos de Bourbon y de Grecia. Wow, love a constitutional monarchy. <laughs> Why you might like him? Speaks four different languages. Med- Member of the Spanish Olympic sailing team in the 1992 Barcelona Games was a flag bearer. I mean, it sounds in the like he has four ceremony. different languages. It sounds like he has four different languages in his name. <laughs> well, I think they're all the same. But God, todos is not all the Santos and Bourbon y de Grecia. Yeah, Bourbon is is French. Well, yeah. I assume Grecia is Greece. I don't know. See. Yes, one, two, three. There you go. And they won six places. Mother and uncle have represented the Greek Olympic sailing team oh, in the past. And his father and sister were Olympic sailors for Spain. There you go. Okay, so that probably is Greece and maybe France. Mostly a ceremonial representative role and acts largely on the advice of government. Strong condemnation of the Catalonia independence movement. Why you might not like him. Strong condemnation of the Catalonia independence movement. Oh boo! But he doesn't know. This is a this is super fan Ryan. He doesn't know on your take on the Catalonia independence movement. So he gives it he gives it to you both ways. Oh, oh yeah, poor. You know, that's a. But I, I mean, he he really shouldn't give an opinion because he has such a vested 
No, no, no. Best that's Bez. Obviously. Bez gave the. Bez gave the. the no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Ryan doesn't I'm sorry. know. I'm not. I'm. I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about King. King Philippe oh. should not, or Felipe should not be giving his opinion because obviously, if you're the king, you want your like, like you want your country to be as big and powerful as possible. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. But like, so basically, he's being asked to give up territory. Well, of course, he's against it. Why? What, like, like it'd be pretty incredible actually if he was like, yeah, I should make my kingdom smaller. Yeah, that's a that's the trouble with these independence. You have to have a leader who's like willing to just be like, fine. I'm going to give up a, a bunch of power. Or or like what what they really could do is he could say like you can be independent but I'm still your king and then his title just gets longer it becomes like uh like Khaleesi on Game of Thrones yeah. where like you know she doesn't have to she doesn't like she's still the queen of marine even though she left. His title is already pretty goddamn long. Yeah, I mean it it's getting king to Felipe, uh, Daenerys. Juan Pablo Alfonso de Todos los Santos de Borbón y de Grecia. Breaker of chains, father, father, father of, father of dragons. That that was in there. Father of Tauros. Okay, uh, yeah. No, I mean, look, look. In in solidarity with Catalonia, with Catalonian independence, three out of ten. Free the Catalonians. Okay, Dan. Next up, we have category six. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, category six, Joe. Fan what is culture. I, I remember. Oh, nice. I'm sure Bez has a lot to lot to lay out here for us. They have a saying in Spain. Everyone is a national coach in Spain. Everyone has an opinion on the national team and what to do better. Everyone blames a coach immediately after a loss. If it's not the fault of the coach, it's the referee. The pitch conditions are the ultra defensive opponent. It's never the fault of the Spanish team. Up until 2008, they had the habit to lose in the quarterfinals. Between 2008 and 2012, they won the Euros and won World Cup. But still, nobody is optimistic. Everyone expects him to fail. They have a super fan, Manolo L. De Bombo. He's at every game and beats the drum. Rivals, their main rival is Italy. They play ultra defensive footballs. Spaniards hate it and call it anti football. The Spanish team likes to play tiki-taka. I don't think they do that anymore. Also, they dislike France and Portugal. Now, that out of the way, let's see what superfan Bez has to say. He says, does Joe have a fountain nearby where he lives? If not, I'm sure he can be a fan span this summer. There's nowhere I prefer to be falling a wind than in Spain. Be it the local team or the national squad tasting victory, people will spill out onto the streets with firecrackers and head to the biggest local fountain, usually near a roundabout. Passing cars will act as bulls, passing under the Spanish flag, held aloft by triumphant supporters who splash in and out of the fountain late into the night. My greatest football memory was walking the streets of La Coruna, dripping wet but warm, cards honking at me, and being randomly hugged by passersby the night we won the World Cup. That reminds me of the night Barack Obama was elected in San Francisco. Yeah, no, I mean, it reminds me of the night that Italy won the World Cup when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I mean, you know, 
Spanish football is obviously like, and I don't mean Spanish national team football, like, but just f- football in Spain is obviously like by definition, like they are, they are one of the most football loving countries in the world, if not the most based like, and, and like evidenced by having, um, so many great teams with like international, you know, worldwide followings. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible when you think about it. I mean, La Liga like, must be one. I mean, you've got the Premier League as number one. Maybe the Bundesliga is number two. But La Liga is, I mean, number three? Or maybe this is the Italian League. But they're, they're, they're definitely Well, are you talking player. in terms of quality or in terms of popularity? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if we were talking in terms of like Champions League win, La Liga would probably be number one because they're they're – Teams win the Champions League a lot, but I mean the point is that the, the Spanish leagues, and obviously Spain as as a conduit for these leagues is 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 a top footballing nation. Oh yeah, no, I mean I think that 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 La Liga fans would argue that it is it is the world Premier League in that like when in that a the top Spanish clubs are almost by definition, consistently better than the top clubs anywhere else in the world, including England, Germany, and France. And B, they, like, when when a player is leaving England, even from a big club like like Man U or Man City or, or, or Chelsea, uh, like, the place that they're going is to Barcelona or, or, or Real. You know, the one... The one knock that I think Premier League fans, and I agree with this, um, say is that you know, you know, Italy and Spain and Germany and France, they have really, really strong top clubs, but they don't have the same parity that English Premier League has of like, of like you know, of a top five that is or top five or six that are like very competitive and even lower teams that can like you know be there. I mean you know there's a reason why the top spanish clubs why why Ronaldo and Messi score so many goals per game one they're great but but two like their competition is just worse so i mean i think but but all that being said obviously spanish football is just like hugely important to their way of life and has worldwide influence so i think this is a strong fan culture i think seven and a half out of ten have a ten. All right, what's next? And uh, to vamp a little bit while you're going, man, Joe, how is Liverpool in the contempt semifinals of the of the Champions League? Are you kidding me? Liverpool is the is the Premier League team, and Barcelona is out. I know it's it's crazy. Uh, it it hurts my heart a little bit because Liverpool fans are just such pricks online to Spurs fans, but but. We have the FA Cup semifinal tomorrow at Wembley. Oh, that's exciting. I, I might tune into that. Uh, yeah, you should. Uh, I'm sure by the time people listen to this, I will have already had my heart broken. I mean, um, what, Megan's going to be gone. So so you're oh playing. I, I know. Oh, so I you're wish playing I was in Man Vegas U at one day earlier. AM. Oh, man. That's exciting. So, Joe, just since we are actually doing this beforehand, pre-tape, I want... 20 seconds if Tottenham wins and beats Man U, and I want 20 seconds if Tottenham loses. So yeah, they won. Tottenham won 3-0, Joe. How do you feel? 
look, obviously playing at Wembley was a huge advantage. Uh, the, the fact that Harry Kane scored a hat trick in stoppage time, <laughs> all three goals, is completely incredible. It was so um, tight up until the end. <laughs> it was so tight up until three minutes of stoppage time, and then he scores three goals back to back within the next two minutes. Incredible, incredible end. I watched it until the end. And, you know, I, I think that they're going to take this momentum into the finals. All right, now they uh, lost. They lose. They lose two nil. You know, it was a hard fought game. Uh, they had, you know, uh, they had. I think they played better. They had more shots on goal. Uh, but you know, it's it's hard to overcome two own goals in the first two minutes of the game. Uh, you know, you really you give the other team such a big advantage, and then. Once we scored those two own goals, you know, in the first in the first two minutes, you know, man, you just sat back. So we were we yeah, were consistently putting on more pressure. We we're moving the ball. They parked the bus, and you know, it was early unforced errors where, um, you know, Erickson got turned around and just shot the ball in the wrong net. You know, I mean, and that it happens. happens. It happens. It's twice good. twice is odd, but uh, <laughs> that second one really could give him a little bit of blame. But yeah, yeah. You know, nonetheless, it was a hard-fought effort. Hard-fought game. Well, I'm excited. I uh, I can watch this in the morning. Watch the watch the old Red Sox game later. But but Joe, in all of this time, you must have picked a, a next category. Category number eleven, Dan. Oh wow, Joe! National anthem. Lay it on me. I feel like I must have heard the Spanish National Anthem before. The National Anthem from Superfan Tony, PHC. What, what are your favorite lyrics from the National Anthem of Spain, Joe? Uh, you know, I, I love the part about um, Spanish language only. <laughs> this is a trick question, Joe. There are no lyrics in the Spanish National Anthem. Wow. As Tony what? says. That's really a, 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 that's a nifty workaround. Of it not being in Catalan or Spanish. They're like, fuck it. We're not getting into language <laughs> it is this true. year. It is true. The Marcha Real is one of the oldest in the world. The Spanish National Anthem was first printed in a document dated 1761 in the Book of the Ordinance of Newly Played Military Drum and Fife Calls by the Spanish Infantry by Manuel de Espinosa. There are no lyrics. Fun facts. It is one of the only four national anthems in the world, along with those of Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kosovo, and San Marino, that has no official lyrics. They've tried to have contests for the lyrics, but nothing official yet. And of course, super fan and Spaniard Bez chimes in, I am proud of my anthem, but who wouldn't be a little disappointed with the lack of lyrics? Something to sing aloud and proud before each game. The unofficial lyrics are terrible, too. Wow, even Bez lowering expectations <laughs> before this anthem. Okay, what the fuck? I don't know why there are Wait, lyrics. Stop. This is this is 
fake news at its worst. I just literally take what Tony sends me. I assumed there would be an anthem without any lyrics. But <laughs> Wait. there are lyrics. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I messed it up. <laughs> I, I, I'm as confused as you are. I mean, we were. I was. I was so primed to hear an anthem without lyrics I, that I could react to I, and know what it was like. But I could not be more confused as to why Tony sent this as the anthem after he mentioned that there were no lyrics sending this. I, I might have messed it up. This this could be an anthem for an entirely different country. I don't know. Is that you singing and you're just playing the instrumental version and adding your own words? It's possible. Well, let's listen to this song. I mean, I can't, I can't understate how disappointed I am that we didn't get to hear the instrumental version. I think it was just that without other people singing. I mean, it must be right. They said Espanol like five times. That, I was going to say, it's so clear when it's like made up lyrics that someone's trying to fit in because they did exactly what I would have done, which is just is make the whole song like España, 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 España. <laughs> like that's basically what they did, which is, I mean, totally understandable. Um Look, I actually, just just from the standpoint of now that we've listened to like 18 different national anthems or whatever, I like the idea of an instrumental version. It's like you're, you're like, you know, Spain speaks for itself. We don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Let's just play this song. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I also am going to just bring up the kit is exactly what you would expect from a Spanish kit. It's nice and red. You're going to, you know, it's one of those, you're going to see it. You're going to see the red. The red kit with the yellow emblem, and you're going to be like, oh, there's Spain. You know what Spain looks like. Exactly. They have a weird little, like... Um, Do they have anything on the sleeves? They have a, they have a, a, a stripe down the yeah, right side. I love this. I love the stripe on the sleeve. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not on the sleeve. It's it's down the side of the shirt. But they but they also have the shoulder stripes, which is yeah, like yeah. pretty iconic. That's what I want, them. the yeah. shoulder stripes. Yeah. Uh, I think the kit looks great. This like this diamond pattern stripe is very interesting. Bold choice for Spain. But uh, I wish we could have heard the other one, but I'm going to give him credit for being interesting with the lyricless uh, anthem. I hope they never change it. Eight out of ten. Wow. Wow. Tony blew it. Tony. I don't know why he sent me that. I mean, he, he made his notes of that there's no lyrics that he mentioned over and over again. He sends me all the lyrics. That's, that's an absolute miss for Tony. That's a swing and a mess. All right, Joe, what's next? Uh, what is next, Dan? Great, great question. It's like the eternal question. Category seven. Atrocities. Superfan Josh, PhD. He says, well, we are being historical here, so Spain ain't so great. The Spanish Empire was one of the biggest and most brutal in history. From the conquest of the Aztecs to the swath of death and destruction throughout South America, Spain was destroying lives and societies in the 16th and 17th centuries. Then we've got slavery all over the place and lasting as late as 1886 in Spanish Cuba. Moving forward a bit, we've got Franco's dictatorship in Spain from roughly 1939 until 1975. Franco was pretty cozy with Hitler during World War II. For evidence of how that went, see Picasso's Guernica. So, yeah, they've definitely turned it around recent years, other than some tension over Basque country. But if we're really getting into historical atrocities, this is bad. Trusty lever, level habanero. Yeah, I think Spain's up there. I think they're problematic. Uh, and, you know, definitely, I think, problematic to... Um, yeah, not to mention the Jews <laughs> expelled during the uh, Spanish Inquisition. Exactly. Exactly. It's a problem. Uh, so, but, but you see, recently, right, like, they are extending citizenship. They're, like, trying, you know, like, that is, like, their sort of, like... They're trying to make up for certain atrocities, I guess. Uh, so that's that's better. But it's it's a pretty bad score, and I gotta trust uh, uh, Josh's habanero. So let's say two and a half out of ten. That's low. Poor Spain. But you know, Joe. You know what they say. The Spanish are spicy. What do they say? They are. I don't think they say that, but no, they do say that actually. Didn't they invent the tango? And maybe I don't know. It it sounds like something they would have invented. The most dangerous dance. It's the forbidden dance. The forbidden. That's right. right. (laughs) Uh, Category ten, Dan. That doesn't exist, Joe. That was formulated right the kit. Dan, category eight. Your favorite, Joe, rate the celebrity. I can't wait. Thank you to Fan Emeritus Carson for this, Joe. Honorable mention to Daniel Brule, an actor. 
And you may have heard of her, Joe. She's an actress. Penelope Cruz. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. Definitely familiar with Penelope Cruz. The bronze celebrity. The third overall pick in the 2001 NBA draft, Paul Gasol. He's won two NBA championships. He is one of three non-American players to ever win the NBA Rookie of the Year. In addition to his two NBA titles with the Lakers, he won two silver Olympic medals playing for Spain. Gasol was initially drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies, and the trade that sent him to the Lakers was actually for his brother, Mark, a, a special double bronze celebrity. There's also no known instance in the NBA where siblings were traded for one another. Marcus also plays for the Spanish national team. Yes, I, I, as an NBA fan, I'm very familiar with them. Both of them are, are great. Pagasol certainly had a better career, but but they're both great players. And they certainly, the Gasol brothers were a formidable force when they played together on the Spanish Wait, national so just team. Say, say that right. He was traded for his brother. I, I, I mean, I guess that's a, that's what they're saying. Yeah. But at the time, his brother was much younger than him. So I think Pau Gasol was sort of traded in his prime for like Marcusol when he was like in the early years, and 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 Marcusol in his prime was was very good. But I, I'm sure th- their primes did not coexist. But anyways, Pau Gasol comes in at at seven point seven million Twitter followers. Marcusol with a a scant one point two million Twitter followers. Joe. Can you imagine a life, Joe, where you only had 1.2 million Twitter followers? I mean, at least he's verified. (laughs) Silver medalist. He's got that going for him, Joe. None other than the king of Latin pop music, Enrique Iglesias, with album titles such as Enrique and Escape Euphoria and Cosas del Amor. How could Joe not be a fan? In the early 2000s, he signed a record deal worth $68 $68 million, perhaps his most recognizable son, and definitely in Joe's Spotify, Belemos, is one of his five Billboard Top 100 chart-topping songs. Iglesias has sold 170 records over the course of his career. He briefly dated a former Joe Picks podium celebrity, Anna Kornikova, and has a $26 million mansion on Miami Beach and clocks in at... 14.7 million Twitter followers. It's good celebrity. <laughs> okay, you just, I'm sure playing this on your phone, you're just holding it up to the microphone. <laughs> Very, very high tech. Because I guarantee you, you don't know the gold celebrity at all. Okay, go for it. Well, I'll just do a little quiz first. Then I'm sure Superfan Tony is going to be very upset when you get this wrong. Who is the best tennis player ever to come from Spain? Uh, um... Uh, is it, is it, uh, I don't even know if he's Spanish. Is it, uh, Kevin Federer? No. David Federer. Colin, Colin Federer. No. Well, it's Roger Federer and he is Swiss, but no, it is, uh, so this is Superfake Carson's messing up. Like Superfake Carson should put this 
guy and Braun. So I, obviously, I love him, and and as a super fan, Tony, and and much much many tennis fans. But the gold medalist from Spain is none other than what Carson says is the greatest tennis player of our generation, Rafa Nadal. Uh, I, I'm I'm. <laughs> Uh, Carson says he's better than Djokovic and better than Federer. I'm I'm very supportive of that, but I think Djokovic peak was better than either of them, and you know it, it's complicated. But but anyways, Rafa Nadal comes in at 15.6 million followers on Twitter. He is, if nothing else, Rafa Nadal is at at worst one of the the top three tennis players of all time. But Joe, you don't know who he is, so. This is not a good selection for you. But we've got Enrique Iglesias. We've got Pau Gasol, who also isn't a good selection for you because you don't know that. I mean, Penelope Cruz is probably good. You know who she is. But um, Yeah, I mean, he messed up. Enrique Iglesias I, should have been the gold selection. Well, I don't, I don't think this is great 100%. work by Carson at all. I think he had a million Spanish people to pick from, and he picked two sports stars who you, in sports, you're not familiar with, so. Really, really, just just shoddy work, Karsten. <laughs> he should be ashamed. It is bad. Uh, <laughs> I love Rafa Nadal, but but it's not my. If I don't pick, you pick. Look, I, I'm not going to punish Spain or the the whole Gasol family for you know Karsten's Karsten's mistake. Gasols will fuck you up. They're 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 both very big. I mean, I have to imagine. Uh, but you know, Spain. Spain has some celebrities. But let's. Uh, what did I give Mexico? Yeah, Mexico is seven and a half. Great. Let's give Spain a five and a half. Fair enough. All right, two categories left, Joe. Food or player to watch. Okay, uh, it is category five. Category five. Food and couponing from Superfan Emily. Spain has coupon. In Spanish, the word for coupon is coupon. But if you're in the Catalan region, where Barcelona is located, it would be pronounced coupo. Regardless of the region, <laughs> the use of coupons is similar in the U.S. for food, things to do, and items. For example, you can currently get a two-for-one paintball experience in Madrid. In many of the oh. previous pods, we've seen that Spaniards reached many other countries sharing their styles of food, influence in many cultures, and regional cuisines. Spain is separated into 17 regions, which all have their own food specialties. Some of the most popular are Tortilla Española, a potato omelet that is similar to a crustless quiche, gazpacho, chilled tomato soup, paella, protein, rice, and saffron, popular by using fresh seafood and or various meats. Jamón, ham, is seen throughout the country in chorizo, Spanish sausage. Jamón Iberico is cured ham that is typically shaved into thin slices and available at bars to go on with your cerveza. <laughs> Did I say that wrong? No, 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 no. Uh, finish up. I have a great story about Imbirico ham. Or yeah. croquetas, fried potato, cheese, and ham patties, preferably dipped into aioli with interior temperat- 
<laughs> That's what happens when it's split between the screen. With impure temperate regions, ample coastlines and mountains, there are a variety of fresh food options, including seafood, meats, produce, and dairy. The country is seen as one of the founding examples of the Mediterranean diet, which is no surprise with their abundance of shellfish, tomatoes, olives, and cheeses. Hungry for it all? Yernwak, as Spain is a home of tapas, which technically translates to a snack or appetizer, but is considered a style of eating on its own. Eat a couple when you're a little hungry or make a meal of it by ordering a meal's worth and trying all the various culinary dishes of Spain. So first of all, Dan, as fun as your bachelor party sounds, uh, you know, gambling in the banks, uh, Paintballing in Spain would be pretty fun. So we might want to take advantage of that Groupon. Spain is great. Secondly, okay, so here's my Empirical Ham story. So my sister, also known as Superfan Julia, works at, uh, creator of our awesome logo, uh, works at a lab. And they were doing, uh, they had like a a Christmas party or fundraiser or something. And um, the person who was running it and this is like, I think, to like get like people who are writing grants and wealthy donors. So it's kind of like a swanky party, right? Um, they get this very, very expensive Empirico ham that is literally, it's from Spain. It's like, comes with a special platform and it's literally a, a giant ham leg. It's a, it's a pig's leg, like with a foot on it. And a hoof, as it were. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, hoof. And you are supposed to like carve off slices of it and it comes on this like huge stand that is made just for this piece of ham and you know you get the stand and everything or whatever and they bought it and like it's sort of like a i guess for like the crowd that was there it was sort of this like oddly like it was like a weirdly like ostentatious thing and julia said like people didn't really know how to like carve off of it so they were like stabbing into it and like it just wasn't a very popular item so at the end of this the night this like I mean, like $1,000 food item or whatever was just sitting there. <laughs> My sister was like, hey, can I take this home? So she brought home this giant Empirico ham. And, you know, it's, it's, it's aged and cured, so it doesn't go bad. So for like <clears throat> weeks and weeks and weeks, months even, like they have this ham in their house. And like I'd go over to their house and I'd have this, like I'd just take a, some slices of ham. Then. <laughs> then yeah, very good is, Jews you are. No, okay, th- exactly. So then. My cousin is coming to visit and she's staying at my sister's house. And of course, the problem with my cousin, not problem, I mean, good for her, whatever, is she's a rabbi and her husband's a rabbi. So my sister's like, I got to get rid of this ham. So, so, so she brings the ham over to our house. And then it's like for, the, for like a month, this ham is living at our house. I mean, not, they weren't in town that long, but you know, we just, so then like, Every time I'd come downstairs, I'd be like, I'll take a little slice of ham. And of course, like, you can imagine how your sister felt about this giant pig leg being, like, in our kitchen. So, the Empirical ham, I mean, the good thing about something that's dry-aged and cured is that, like, it really does last forever. I mean, look, what, all that aside, which is amazing, I would love to have a dry ham that I could just cut off slices. When oh, I, I mean, went- it was the best... It was the best month of my life having that that Empirico ham in our house. Meg and I spent seven days in Barcelona, and uh, man, I, tapas is just so great. It, I, I love the whole culture where you stay up late. The, it's it's awesome. 
It, it, it's just yeah. such a fun experience. Yeah, you're a big fan of of siestas too, I imagine. I'm a big fan. But it was a, the, the fun part about saying is that we were there when there were like these music festivals going on. And the music festival would literally go from midnight to like 2 a.m. Like we would in the town square where there were lots of hotels and things. The music wouldn't stop playing until like 2 a.m., which I I thought was great. And, you know, you it you'd, you'd have dinner until 11, midnight. That, that, that would be nothing unusual. And um, it, it's just such a cool culture, like, from, for the way I live my life. And yeah. It, it's really... You really are living a very Spanish lifestyle. But it is, it is so unique. It, it's so cool how... It really is unique among among places in uh, in Europe, even. I mean, not to mention throughout the world. But it yeah, no Spanish food is great. Spanish couponing is great. I mean, that empirical ham when it lived in my house that was like the best time. And when your sister made us get rid of it, like it's it's the closest we've been to divorce yeah, probably ever. Uh, let's say nine out of ten. <laughs> Look, that Ambirico ham was part of the family. I love it, Joe. You're in such a generous mood tonight, and I don't even think that that's necessary for this player who we're in our, our last category here. Joe, oh my God, we've done this doubleheader all night, this unedited doubleheader. I'm, I'm loving this. I, I, should I just post both of them tomorrow at the same time? I don't know. But, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to just live streaming these we things. We should. We can do a, a YouTube stream. It is the player to watch from Superfan Fan Emeritus David PhD is Marco Asensio, who plays for uh, a, a, a club. Uh, well, you might have heard of them, Joe. Real Madrid. Not familiar. Yeah. Is that that's is that in the top division um, of Spanish soccer? I think. They might have just made it into the top division this year. I'm not sure. I, I, I'll actually have to do the research. But I think they are this year. But, um, yes, Marco Asensio, he's a, a winger. He's left-footed. This is what David says. He's got a crazy shot, fast and dynamic, a mix between, oh, my God, my birthday birthday twin, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Arjen Robin again. Wow, Arjen Robin. Uh, uh, another uh, from the previous episode episode in style his mother is dutch and his official name is marco asensio will Wil- his mother died of cancer when he was 15 oh that's so sad so far he's played eight games for the national team for real madrid he scored 10 goals and had five assists in 39 appearances this season mostly as a sub he's an exciting prospect that probably would make his top five list overall in this category david gives him a nine out of 10. Ooh, wow, David. And on your beloved FIFA 18, he comes in at 84, currently with a 92 potential. I mean, this isn't even like a, a young player to watch. This, you know, you know, he's already good. Uh, but man, I mean, I've seen Asensio play before, and I've also seen... He's someone who, like, I've definitely played with on FIFA before, too. Uh, and I have to agree with David's assessment. Definitely a fun player. Will definitely be fun to see what he can do in the World Cup. 
Uh, I am going to maybe not quite go to a nine, but let's say eight out of ten. He's not rumored for the, the, the hotspur. Uh, I think he's a little too, too, too valuable to uh, Real. We have a very special relationship with Real Madrid at Tottenham, but it involves them taking players from us, not the other way around. And paying you lots and lots of money. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Joe, we, we finished with the drink. We're drinking sangria. We, we've heard what Sean has to say. We've heard what Bez has to say. I don't think you're drinking sangria, but you're drinking the what you find to be a. You said you had a grape in your red wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. interestingly uh, enough, I was I, I strongly considered uh, making sangria, and apparently, to make sangria, you need you mix red wine with brandy and and a variety of fruits. So brandy is is actually a key part of it. Oh, I should have put some brandy in it. Jeez, I didn't know. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, I like sangria. Liz is a big fan of sangria. Um, I don't really find myself drinking sangria all that often. So while I don't like have any problem with it, it's not like a go-to drink for me at all. Um, so I'm going to put it right in the middle. Let's just say five out of ten. Five out of ten. Wow. The only problem Dan- I have with sangria is yeah. I love sangria, and when I was in Spain, I would get sangria, you know, every place. I'm always, what do I do with that fruit at the end? Like, I want to eat the fruit, but it really feels, like, gratuitous to be, like, because they, they almost always serve it in, like, a pitcher, and it's like, am I, like, scraping that fruit out of the pitcher and eating it? Yeah, is that fruit, is that fruit garnish fruit, or is it, like, is it meant to be, like, you, you definitely eat the olives in a martini, Definitely. But you don't eat the lemon wedge on, like, the side of, like, a cocktail. No. That'd be weird. I mean... So which is which is it more like? Is it more like the olive or more like the lemon I've, wedge? The thing with sangria is I've, like, seen it both ways. Even in Spain. Like, I've seen where at the end of a night, you're at a bar that, like, serves sangria. And they, they give the pitcher. And I've seen parties leave that are, like, obviously Spanish people where that pitcher is just, like empty like they've like they've like scraped out the fruit and eaten it and i've seen other ones where they leave it where they obviously poured out all the liquid but they just like left all the fruit and what am i uh, to to think like i like the fruit in it but i don't want to be some like weird freak who's like picking out the fruit and and you know i don't know looking like some lame wad who doesn't know how to drink it but the fruit is on the other hand looking like a lame wad you know fruit that has been soaked and marinated in alcohol is great it's delicious <laughs> it's good but the thing with sangria is it always is in some like pitcher so you 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 really do have to like stick your fork into it and like <laughs> it's true claw it it's out true. of there it's true uh yeah no it's uh i'm trying to look for a sangria etiquette guide on bing but it's not it's not clear this is this is this is a tough All question right, well uh, maybe this can be our reddit question do you scrape the the, the this food is out absolutely of the poll question right. is it is it appropriate to, to eat to, the sangria to, fruit to, to eat the sangria fruit that's what we that's what we need to know and and you know double 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 points to whatever answer bez gives because he actually probably knows the answer he probably but again I, I when i was in spain i was like i like observed people to see and i saw some people did it, some people didn't. So it clearly is like a, you know, I think it might be along the lines of like, do you drink the milk after your 
you know, it, finish eating your cereal. Like, I think some people do it and some people don't. Or, or like, I mean, some people are also like, like weirdos, right? Like, some people ask for ice in their white wine, and like, that's not like the proper way to drink white yeah. wine. But they just, but they just because they do it doesn't make it the right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But anyways, look, we'll ask it on the Reddit page. It's gonna be very exciting. Um, and, and by the way, the the the, the Reddit uh, qu- uh, questions about Spain. I mean, we both read it. It was mostly about the food. Look, we, we know we've been to Spain. We we know the tapas, and and we do appreciate everybody's contributions. And obviously, you <laughs> you have very intimate relationships with Spanish food in uh, in your house, but. Spain Spain comes in at 55 points total, which puts their average at 6.11, which is not quite in the gray zone, but it's it's close to it. So you've they are you've given a yes to uh you've given a yes to Peru at 5.94. Which was a generous yes. But, uh, so they're at 6.11, so I think they are the, yeah, so, so basically, Peru, they're, they're basically in that gray zone. So you gave a yes to Peru at, at 5.94. Every team higher than 6.11, you've given a yes to, but every team lower than that, other than Peru, I think you've given a no to. So Spain's right on the edge. I'm just checking to make sure what I'm saying is right. Okay, so you also gave a yes to Sweden at 5.96, but that was the first episode. But but yeah, otherwise it's 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 straight in that gray zone. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna say, I mean, you know, my so my dad did like the DNA test, and like we are very strongly Spanish in that DNA test. Uh, so I think extra points for having a little like. Joe Heritage. I'm going to move Spain on. Fair enough. Look, I think Spain and Mexico moving on is not uh, not an unfair thing. And and uh, no, surprisingly, I think Mexico, this is our first easy qualifier. Spain right on the right on the border. But Dan, this is our first uh, this is our first double header where both teams have made it through. Is that is that right? I believe so. I mean, maybe not. I don't really listen to the podcast, so it's hard to remember. I don't think that's right, but look, I'll take your word for it. Whatever. Dan, Dan, how about this? How about this? Uh, The bowling alley doubles as a pet store, and you call it, ready for it? Snakes on a lane. I had to I had to think for a second because that's so stupid for like maybe how maybe maybe a reptile maybe a reptile specialist pet store but look I mean why not devote a little retail space to to some snake and lizard cages you know Joe you you really bring up a great point but but let's let's take this off podcast <laughs> we've got a perfect unedited I'm just I can post this as is. The, the these dumb ideas are, are really straining credibly. Even though the thing that people don't understand is it is right now past two in the morning. You're gonna get like four hours of sleep. I woke up at six a.m. and I will wake up at six a.m. Oh, it's brutal. But I, I mean, I'm gonna sleep in as late as I want. But but I'm tired, Joe. 
I, I don't have the time for your shenanigans, but what I do have time for is I'm really, really excited for our next batch of teams. Joe, Egypt, Belgium, England, Colombia, and Germany, which... Oh, what a great, what a great random draw of teams. Great random draw of teams. Joe, I'm excited for this poll question. I will be seriously interested to see if you can, if you're actually supposed to eat the fruit in the sangria or not. And I'm excited that, Joe, when we get into the next round, we're going to both see Mexico and Spain. What, what a fun doubleheader tonight, Joe. Any, any final thoughts? Dan, this was great. I love that we're going to be giving our podcast fans a more raw listen to, you know, just, just the, all the warts, everything when we have a conversation. Uh, and I'm excited totally. to click the export to MP3 button and just post it immediately. Yeah. This is the pinnacle of our podcasting, Dan. Pinnacle. Thanks, Bez. Low point. Thanks, Bez, for, thanks, Bez, for all the input. And congratulations. I, actually, Bez was probably a little nervous. I, I thought Spain would score a little higher, but um, Spain did run into run into some trouble in, in those middle sections. Spain ran into trouble System of government. Those atrocities hurt them, for sure. And the atrocities yeah. hurt them. I mean, otherwise, Spain uh, did really well. And you scored the drink pretty low, but I guess you don't like, I mean, you don't like sangria. It's not your thing. I, I, I don't like that you're not supposed to eat the fruit. <laughs> well, we'll see if we're, you're supposed to or not. But anyways, that's it for, for tonight. Uh, very excited for the feedback. Joe, great doubleheader. Good night, Dan. See you, Joe.